as we were singing, um, we sung something uh, that uh, I, I feel I need to disavow. Uh, sometimes that happens. We, we should know that the writers of our songs are humans. The writers of the Bible were, were inspired, but the writers of our songbook, uh, those people were not inspired by God. Uh, and, and so this is, we, we talk about teachable moments. You ever have teachable moments? Sometimes you learn things from a, a place you didn't expect to. And we sung a song that said, um, that talked about two wonders, I confess. The, the wonders of his glorious love and my own worthlessness. That is wrong. You are not worthless. That is not in the scriptures anywhere. God made you in his own image. That is a good image to be in. So you are not worthless. I just want to publicly disavow that statement. Um, we've learned things. It's a teachable moment, isn't it? I am um, on a slightly more um, positive, more amusing no, at one time I was asked to do a wedding. It wasn't really an official wedding because uh, I was in Ukraine and my buddy had, had come and visited. While he was visited, he, he met a girl in our congregation over there and they decided to get married. So uh, because the naturalization process is a lot more difficult if you marry a foreigner uh, before coming, bringing her back here, he decided just to have kind of an informal wedding ceremony for her family and then, then they would come back here and get married here. Uh, so he said, well, why don't you do the informal ceremony. So I did. Uh, and I was trying to think about what to say because I always do, uh, for weddings and funerals, I always I do an individual thing and then I throw it away. I never reuse stuff. That's, that's like, it's personal. You don't reuse stuff. So I was trying to think of what, what to do. And, and I don't think I'm inspired, uh, but I had a dream. Uh, I did. Uh, I had a, this weird dream. Somebody I, I haven't been to the same church at since I was a little kid was, was talking to me, and, and I, and he told me this thing, uh, and whatever it was, and, and I, I, I woke up and I was like, that was really interesting. I'm going to use that in my sermon. It was really, it was interesting. I don't think God put it in my head or anything. I, it was kind of weird. The whole, the rest of the dream was really weird, but it was just this weird source that you can learn something from. I was like, wow, that's interesting, and I've used it since. That's just a bizarre thing. We're going to learn today some, some interesting lessons that come from a source that, that you might not think you could learn from. I don't remember the exact outline, but I, I heard a, a version of this sermon in 1998, and it's kind of stuck with me off and on, uh, actually in, in Belarus. I heard a, a, a missionary preach this. We were on a mission trip together. Uh, in Minsk, uh, and, and he used he, he did this basic concept. And so we're going to turn to Matthew chapter 8 and see a source that you might not think of as learning some lessons from. Matthew 8. We're going to actually back up and get some background. And so we're going to begin in verse 23, and we're going to read through verse 34. Actually, verse 22. It says, Now it happened on a certain day that he got in a boat with his disciples, and he said to them, Let's cross over to the other side of the lake. And they launched out. Now as he sailed, they fell asleep, and the windstorm came down on the lake, and they were filling with water, and they were in jeopardy. And they came to him and woke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. Then he rose and rebuked the wind and the raging water, and they ceased, and there was calm. And he said to them, Where is your faith? 
And they were afraid and marveled, saying to one another, Who can this be? For he commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. Now we come to our interesting text here. They sailed to the country of the Gadarenes, which is opposite of Galilee. And when he stepped out on the land, there met him a certain man from the city who had a demon, uh, who had demons for a long time. And he wore no clothes. And he lived in a house in the tombs. And he saw Jesus, he cried out, and fell down before him and said with a loud voice, What do I have to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High? Son of the Most High God. I beg you, do not torment me. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. The man seized him and was kept under guard, both bound with chains and shackles, and he broke the bonds and was driven by the demon into the wilderness. And Jesus asked him his name, saying, What's your name? And he said, Legion, because many demons had entered him. And he begged him that he would not command them to go out of, into the abyss. Now a herd of many swine was feeding there on the mountain, so they begged him that he would permit them to enter them. And he permitted them. And the demons went out of the man and entered the swine, and the herd ran violently down the steep place into the lake and drowned. And when those who fed them saw what happened, they fled and told it to the city and the country. They went out to see what happened, and Jesus, and they came to Jesus and found the man from whom the demons had departed, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Now, you probably never thought you could learn some things from a demon. Or a grump, bunch of demons. There's a whole group of them in this guy. But we're going to learn some things from some demons today. Well, the first seems pretty obvious. He says, uh, you are the son of the Most High God. Jesus is the son of the Most High God. Now, you know, say, Andrew, this is a little elementary. I don't think there is anybody sitting in this auditorium today that doesn't believe to some degree or another that Jesus is the son of the Most High God. Who are you preaching to? I mean, everybody in here has accepted that, otherwise you probably wouldn't be here. Don't think there's any atheists in this room. This is kind of a throwaway point, isn't it? I want you to understand a couple of things. First of all, there are those who are capable of objectively observing a truth, and, and, and yet... There's, there's a failure to make the connection between what we, we intellectually accept and sometimes how it works in our lives. I want you to understand a little bit who demons are because it's kind of a weird idea. Demons are simply angels. They are angels who made a bad decision. And, and demons as angels, as they are, fallen angels, but angels nonetheless... They don't have the opportunity to ignore reality. They can't escape facts. It's just a reality. They know Jesus on a personal level. As, as, as Barry and I would know each other. Right? As Travis and I know each other. These, they've interacted before. Forever, however long they existed, I don't know when all they were made or whatever, but they know him on a personal level. They can't escape. React. They know who Jesus is. But we are very powerful in our minds, and we have the ability to ignore reality sometimes. 
this scene happens frequently. Uh, it's late at night, and I've opened the fridge, and there's no milk. I'm like, well, we got breakfast in the morning. I fortunately live two blocks from the store. So I go to get milk. So I walk in with everything. Walk in and I'm going to get milk. So I head back milk. And then I remember, I need something else. Now I've got a milk in my hand. I go over here. Okay, grab this thing. Got this other thing. So now, two things. My hands, because I've gone to get milk, I've got milk first and my hand is now freezing cold. Got a couple of things over here. Oh, man, we're going to need this tomorrow because I don't, I'm going to have to come back again if I don't get this for supper. So now I've got three things right here. And they're odd-shaped. You know, one's round and one's square, and they're different lengths and some. And my hand is now numb. Right? So now I'm trying to shift stuff around. Okay, I'm going to do it with this one. And I keep on thinking of things that I need. So now I've got this thing. Because I was only going to get one thing, and, and so I didn't get the card. And inevitably... We all know what's going to happen, because it happens to everyone. Is things start falling off. And someone will come up to me, if it's not too late, you know, and the store's not empty, and they'll say, you need some help? And I'm basically, I'm kicking things towards the aisle, towards the checkout, to try to get my stuff there so I can put it up there. That's basically what's going on. And I say, I've got it. <laughs> I have the ability to ignore reality. The reality is I don't got it together. It's obvious to everybody else in this situation, but I am good. My brain works so great I can ignore reality, but the demons can't ignore reality. So this is not a pointless point. We have the ability to observe and accept the fact that Christ is who He is and says what He says. We can all be in this room and say, Christ is Christ. And we can walk out the door and, and be kicking things in our life around. Trying to pretend I've got it under control. And it's not under control. Christ is the Son of the Most High. He says another thing this demon says, something we might not want to hear. Something with a couple of really important details within one sentence, within one phrase. He says, have you come to torment us before the time? Well, there's a lot in that statement. There's a lot in that statement. First of all, there's a time of torment coming. There are those who wish to diminish the seriousness of the end. Well, it's going to be a momentary zap and then it's over. Well, a zap is a nice way to go. Right? We had a bug zapper, so it looks like a tennis racket. Our kids love playing with it because it makes a little popping sound. And then it's over. Poor mosquito never knew what hit him. Psst, gone. There's people that want hell to be like that. Psst, gone. That's painless. But this demon was afraid of torment. We want to minimize things that are unpleasant. I like to minimize. It's not pleasant to think about. 
but we are not doing our, ourselves any favors by ignoring it. Again, the demons can't ignore it because they know of its existence. It's as real to them as California. Now, I'm not drawing a direct line between California and hell. I'm just saying. Maybe Florida would have been a better comparison. But it's a real place, and they know of its existence. They know that they're going there. And they don't have a way out. How'd you like that? How'd you like that? You're going there, and you don't got no way out. They know the score, and it, it scares them to death. He says, have you come to torment us before the time? Acts tells us that he has appointed a time in which he will judge the nations. It's set. There's a, there's a court date, and you're not changing it. There's a court date. There is a day in which all nations will be judged. I don't know what that's going to look like. I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know. God God will take care of the details. How he judges billions of people in a moment. I, I don't know how that will happen. But I know it's going to. Because even the demons know that. They, know, they don't know when. We know it knows when. But there is a day. And when God says this is the day then the calendar is over. That's the day. If God has it on his calendar, it should be taken seriously. Again, we have the ability to minimize God's seriousness. See, the, the demons know the promises are absolute, even the negative promises. But we say, well, God wouldn't do that to people he loves. Really? Do you think he loves the angels? God made them too. I want you to look in this story at what Jesus does. I want you to look at Jesus' interaction with these demons. What They gave him a request, and what did he do? He allowed their request. Do you think they didn't? That he didn't look at this angel whom he's made and have a soft spot in his heart for him? Yes, he did. He granted a request. He didn't say, you're a demon. He has a soft spot in his heart for him. But guess what? There are absolutes and there are promises with God. <laughs> demon is such a, a bad word to us. Maybe we should come up with a different word. I don't know. But he says one more thing. This demon says, what have I to do with you? Because demons intrinsically know that at the state in which they exist now, which is sin, which is evil, they don't have any connection with Christ. 
Jesus has no connection with evil. He has nothing in common with it. And that is something to learn. They had a relationship, as we talk about. Whatever the nature of that relationship was, they had a relationship. I don't know if they chatted. I don't know what that nature of that relationship was, but they had it and they lost it. And they are now reduced to asking to go into a bunch of pigs. That's how far low they've come. Evil has nothing to do with God. Nothing. Someone said, I heard this comparison. And it, it, it's kind of a gross comparison. I don't, again, I don't want to make direct lines between things, but it's like they said, it's like, take a slug. We all, maybe not all, all the boys in here at some point probably poured salt on a slug. Right? Watch them foam up and kind of just, kind of gross, right? A slug is chemically opposite of salt. They, they just have nothing in common together. Christ and sin, Christ and evil are chemically opposite. He can't be where it is. And this demon can't escape that. But again, we as humans are so more, our brains are so much more highly functioning than a demon's. We can convince ourselves of things that a demon can't. We can think that I can be a Christian and be involved in sin. Like, like, like Christ can have a relationship with me while I'm involved in this stuff over here. Christ is like, no, you're salt. I can't be where you are. Learn that from a demon. We think that, well, there's some things written in the Bible. That's not really that important. That's not really that important. Christ wouldn't have put it in the Bible if it wasn't important. There's, I mean, look at how small your New Testament is. You just kind of flip that open, and you just kind of look. That's that's not a lot. I got the table of contents and or the index there. There, that's not that much. And of, of, of all the things that, that he wants us to know, he said, this is what I really need you to know. You think he's throwing useless information in there? That's not useless. Yeah, I, I inspired Paul to write that, but it's just kind of throwaway information. You don't need that. Skip that chapter. It's not in there. We like wiggle room. I love wiggle room. In, um, in college, I lived in a dormitory, and on the first floor there was a, a family that was kind of there to monitor to make sure that the place didn't fall down. I was basically in a boys' dorm. That was a requirement. And so as a result of that, the fact that they were a family and had kids, there was a curfew. And they kind of wanted us to keep the curfew not make noise, they have kids. They want it, you know, lights out at a respectable time, be quiet, even if you're studying, whatever. Lights out, lights out at 12, you need to be in bed, you got school in the morning. Okay. We like wiggle room. And they even, because we were violating that to such a degree that we chased out the family, 
That's how bad we were. We chased out the family. We had nobody there. They still kept the rules. We thought that was like, there's no one living down there. What we got the rules for? So, so they would make us sign a thing that, that we were keeping the rules. It's like, now you're signing. Now you're putting your name to it. You're kind of lying. Was, and one of the teachers is kind of like the Pope. You know, it's like, I'm lying to the Pope if I, if I do this. So, so it's like, I can't, I can't sign this in lie to Donald Hunt. I can't do that. So I, I went in, and uh, so I asked one of the administrators, I said, uh, is there a minimum time when we can't get out? Because we have, when we have to be in bed. And he looked at me, and he knew what I was doing. But it wasn't in there. It wasn't in the rules. He's like, technically, no. That's all I need to know. 12 o'clock, everyone's in bed. 12.01. You heard like five alarm clocks at 12.01. We all got out of bed. We're up for the day. Because I like wiggle room. I like to be able to get around the law. I like to be able to skirt all that stuff. Because my brain is superior. Right? Look at it. Someone pointed out this. I never realized this. I never really thought about it. Some kids play Little League Baseball. How big? Anybody know the dimensions of a Little League Baseball plate? Home plate. Seventeen inches. Same as the big guys. Same as the Major League Baseball players. It's one standard. There's, there's no graduating standard. It's the same standard. God's standards don't change. There's no place for my habits. The demon didn't even try to justify his behavior. He didn't try to do anything. I have to come to grips with how I square with God. I read the beginning story for a reason. It has nothing to do with the demons other than the fact that, that that's how they got in the boat. Except it is one similarity. And in these two stories, Jesus calms the storm. In both stories, Jesus calms the storm. The first one's obvious because it's actually a storm. In the second one, we look at all the details. We think about Jesus and his power. And we, we talk about these demons and the pigs are really interesting. And then the owners come and, and uh, it, we see all that trouble and get out of our country. And all, we, we look at all of that and then there's that, that one guy. By the time they come back, what do they see? And we kind of skip past this guy. Kind of the thing in the story that's really important we kind of skip past it says they saw him in his right mind think about that poor guy I don't know how long he's had these demons I don't know if you've ever been in a situation sickness or medication or whatever where you're just not in your right mind 
I have a seizure disorder, and when I come out of a seizure, it is really bizarre. One of the last ones I had was in like 2013. I've only ever had four. And uh, I'm sitting in bed. We were in Berlin, and I'm, I'm sitting in bed, and I'm look. We were staying at some some friend's house um, while we were um, doing stuff for visas to go back to Ukraine. My brain is still kind of coming out of this really fuzziness. And she's like, we have four. But we had three. Right? This, my, my brain has just gone through all of this mess, and it's just kind of trying to figure everything out. Yeah, I'm like about a good half a day before everything is back in working order. This bizarre things. I wonder, this poor guy, this poor guy, how long he's lived in a fog? Has he, has he been, a, I mean, he's got to have been aware of something. And what kind of dream and what kind of weird nightmare? You have those nightmares you wish you could wake up and you can't wake up and you just kind of got to ride it out. And this is a really weird thing and this is scary or whatever. And I just, this guy was in that, that chaos. And Christ calms the storm. And he's finally in his right mind. He's like, oh, how long I've waited to wake up. I've wanted to wake up. And it's like I'm, I've been a spectator in my own life. That's this guy. And Jesus comes and he gets rid of the demons. They're in the pigs. I wonder what that moment was like as the fog lifts. Was it immediate? Was it slow? Was he like disoriented? I don't know. But he's just kind of sitting there with Jesus. Getting his bearings. Jesus is the one that has the ability to move the dark forces. He's the one. He's the son of the most high God. People's lives are falling apart. And we're pretending we've got it under control. Trying to juggle everything. I don't know what your issues are. Because you've got them under control. Right? I do. We have stress. We have temptations. We have habits and sin. Or maybe we have guilt. A long Stuff long ago, guilt. You know, worries and fears. Emotional things. All sorts of things. We're trying to juggle all these odd ends and packages. and You can't do it. You've got to give it to the one who can get rid of the dark demons. You've got to listen to the demons because they've got the answer. They know the answer. They can't do nothing about it. It's too late for them. But you've got to listen to them because they have the answer. The Son of the Most High God has the answer for your dark problems. Do not leave today without giving Him your problems, without finding someone who can help you closer, getting rid of 
the dark